The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Fridays here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager back in East Lansing for... A scene setter as Saturday kickoff at 11, Nebraska and Michigan State. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark, Elijah Herbal is en route. Checked in with him earlier this morning, and he was in Iowa. I assume he's in Illinois making his way maybe even into Michigan. Who knows if he swung by Ann Arbor with some binoculars. Uh, great to be with you and have you along. Can find us on the YouTube channel with Hale Varsity. Watch the show that way. You can hear it, of course, across the Hale Varsity radio network. And always uh, catch the rewind on the Hale Varsity radio Twitter feed. can live stream us there as well at HVarsity Radio. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240. Or can dial up 800-825-5865. That's uh, the way to get in touch. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Get your comments in on the Hale Varsity Radio uh, YouTube channel and stream. Cotter, you're uh, rolling your sleeves up. A lot to get into here as the world turns with Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. This is just abs- – I mean, it's already been nuts, but it's getting even crazier and crazier with uh, private eye insinuations uh, with ties to the Day family. We'll get uh, the latest – from a Michigan insider in our two, Greg Henson will join the show in our one. Jacob Padilla got to be with us. He's at PBA for state volleyball. Get his take on the weekend of volleyball and some Husker football thoughts. And in our two, the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, NBC Sports. Billy D will join us to kick off our two. Clasburn, and we have a whole list of. Uh, forecast games to pick. What a weekend slate of college football between Ole Miss at A&M, LSU and Bama, Bedlam at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State for the final time, at least in the Big 12. And you have Washington, USC. Uh, Those are pretty tasty ball games. Uh, Rutgers, I'm wondering how they fare against Ohio State with uh, a potential cover. Connor, what's shaking? How are you? How's your Friday? It's been good. We were uh, up and at them early this morning with a morning show, and now here we are in the afternoon talking some football. So it's always a good time to do that, uh, especially on Friday, which which is always great. And yeah, you said it. I mean, a great slate of college football this weekend. I had my eyes on that Ohio State Rutgers game, as you just mentioned. It's it's weird because Rutgers is a pretty solid football team, and it's in Piscataway. It's out of the shoe. So, And I'm not one of the people that's really sold that high on Ohio State. So that's one of many really good games on the slate uh, this weekend. Obviously, Nebraska with a massive game of, of measures they really haven't had in quite some time. About seven years, they could go bowling with a win this weekend. So when's the last They're time you get to say there. that? They're already there at I mean, six. Yeah, so um, it, it's... It's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, we got a lot to get into today, especially with the whole Michigan thing and just the the magnitude of this game this weekend. 
It is a big ball game for Nebraska. It's a big ball game for Michigan State. Had a chance to hang out at their uh, coaches show last night and just kind of soak in the vibe. And there's a lot of Michigan State folks there, as you'd imagine, at, at Reno's East. Uh, big thanks to our dear friend Jack Ebling for letting me tag along with him yesterday. And there's just there's a tired look that Nebraska fans know all too well on the faces and even mannerisms of, of Spartan fans. And you can get the pep talk. You can hear the former players say, hey, the kids are giving it their own. They are. I believe that. And you can listen to the interim coach tell you about how great practice was this week and how they're physical. And uh, the rallying cry is that those group of seniors that don't deserve this, what they've been through this year. But reality is things will kick off at 11. And Matt Rule has continued to preach 1-0. He's continued to preach slow and steady. Has win, is, he's going to win the race. And Nebraska has, despite all its imperfections, been able to embrace and adopt that slow and steady. Uh, chime in here from BJ2010 Cubs fan. I've changed my mind. The Huskers are absolutely West champs. I feel it, and I believe it. And uh, along with the Bulls, the Cubs, the Broncos. He's got some the solid Huskers, allegiances. That, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, you, you, you are <laughs> smiling with the uh, the Bulls and the Cubs take there. Uh, Dion asked me if I'm drinking the uh, Kool-Aid or Roulade. You know, I think Nebraska is a better football team. And we were kind of putting our heads together and huddling up. One thing, a couple of things that are important for tomorrow with this Nebraska team, and we said it earlier in the week, is their level of maturity, right? How are they going to be with this moment, with this opportunity? The finish line isn't six, but it's a pretty cool mile marker in year one for this group. They, they have every right to be excited and, and kind of see that on the periphery. But don't be focusing on that. Be focusing, focusing on what's in front of you. That sounds boring, but it's so important because Nebraska still doesn't have a huge margin for error. They have uh, an incredible side of the football that erases a lot of problems in the black shirts. They've got an ascending unit in the special teams group that has done well uh, at least the last couple of weeks, and, and they've been steady enough throughout the season. They've completely flipped into an ally to an asset since Colorado, and now it's really the offense's turn. You know, that's some things that I'm looking forward to tomorrow. You want to really feel good about the rest of this November trek. You, you get a win in East Lansing, Nebraska, overall 2-2 two and two there. And aside from the Saban beatdown in 95, every game has been a thriller in East Lansing. Last second, Jamal Turner, 2012. You had the 2014 DeMornay Pearson L Superman game where Alonzo Moore had the game winner and then didn't. And then 347 on the clock, the punt, the field by Jalen Reed, the return, sent it to overtime, the, the interception in overtime. And then the field goal and walk off in overtime, 23-20, despite no first downs for Michigan State in the second half of that ball game. You've got a defensive unit that has 
played like that second half of the Nebraska-Michigan State game in 2021. About every ball game since Colorado, they've been called on to put out a lot of fires. But for me to, to feel good, and listen, I'm, I'm bought in on a rule. I think good things will happen with Nebraska under him, under his leadership, under his coaching staff, under his development of the players. All those things are great, but you want to talk about being ahead of schedule or maybe in his mind on schedule, it's important to go get this win against a very wounded team. Just because they're wounded doesn't mean easy. I don't think you and I think that. I don't think the Nebraska fans think easy, but one of the reasons that Nebraska fans are apprehensive about tomorrow is because of the offense, right? That's the sore thumb. And listen, the offense does a lot of good things. The offensive line played well. You look for him to kind of stack that from last week to this week. Uh, you like what Emmett Johnson's doing. Harburg does a lot of good. Uh, and can you, God, we see this every day at 4 o'clock, and it goes into every Friday at 4 o'clock, <laughs> and it goes into Saturday, and it's take care of the damn football. And, and that's really it and then it carries uh, over to Nebraska's, the postgame show after every game too it, do, it does and real red reaction will be live from spartan stadium probably right around 2 30 central time so i want you to join us there uh, on the stream the uh hail varsity youtube channel and kfor locally but yeah it's, it's been a chaotic week in the big 10 i don't think it's been a chaotic week for nebraska michigan state kind of they have their own drama and demons to deal with with this interim situation they're trying to avoid a seventh straight loss it is do or die for them uh they lose tomorrow and there's no bowl season for michigan state but can nebraska block out the noise and can they prove that they're a different nebraska football team than past years and, and different in a great way where they handle their business they go do their job and I don't know what I know what clean football looks like, but what does clean football look like with this football team against a fellow conference opponent? You haven't seen it. Turnovers killed you against Minnesota. Turnovers scared you against Illinois. Turnovers really scared you about the nine minute mark as you and I were both grabbing whiskey at the graduate in Lincoln <laughs> uh, when, it, when it turned into 24-14. So can Nebraska take some more steps? on the side of the football that's been problematic, and that is the offensive side tomorrow. Well, you talk about, too, this team continuing to prove that they're different from years past, and I think when you you get into that argument, you just you literally just look at the schedule, right? You beat Illinois, a team that you have not been able to beat. You beat Northwestern, a team that you've traded some close games with and couldn't beat last year. You beat Purdue, a team that you've struggled to beat here in the past couple of years. So you're finally turning the corner on those teams that have had your number, quite frankly, over the past four or five years. So now that you start to see that page turn, and Michigan State is no exception, that's a team that you've struggled against in recent memory at least. I know you had the big win when they made the college football playoff, but that was back in what, 2015 now. So... If it's they, eight years, bro. Yeah, which is <laughs> it's been that, a long that's, time. It's scary to think about, too. But if they are able to continue to prove that they are different, it's going to be with a win here. And now, not only do you beat a team that, well, you can add to the list of teams that you really haven't beaten, you get over that six-win hump. And you said that's not the finish line. It's it's kind of like Thursday of the week, right? 
You're almost said Friday, but you're not quite there yet, but you're glad it's Thursday. So I think that's kind of what this six-win mark is going to be for this team because, okay, great. Once you get to that threshold, you know you're going to be playing in a postseason, right? So that pressure is kind of off. But now that you have that opportunity, what are you going to make of that? Is it going to be some bowl game in the middle of Boise, Idaho on December 17th? Or are you going to really try and force the hand of the rest of the Big Ten? Are you really going to try and force the Big Red into Indianapolis, dare I say it? I'm still not completely sold on that, but the fact that it's still a possibility and you have a chance to you know, get that six-win monkey off your back, you know that they're going to go full force for this thing, knowing that the floodgates are open now. You finally got to that point. What can you do with it? I think that's going to be the message. You know what? You want to prove you're you're different than than past Nebraska teams. Well, first you've already done that. You've won three in a row, and it was kind of I was on, dare I say on the treadmill earlier, and was watching the GB rewind, kind of rewatching that. There's some good old good old Hale Varsity listeners that have made their way to the graduate here in East Lansing. Thumbs up. All right, fellas, good to see you. And uh, they're uh, fist pumping. There's a lot of green in here. <laughs> the backdrop <laughs> you is, have a Spartan uh, over your shoulder. Is a, is a, I, I do. It's staring at me. Uh, Brett emails in Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Do a good job. Don't put me to sleep. Brett, I will try to do my damnedest on that. But, no, they, they've already been different as far as how they've responded to adversity, not only in-game, with Northwestern, with Illinois, with Purdue uh, defensively, but how they've really rallied around uh, a side of the football. It's not a divided locker room. They've really embraced the one. That's super impressive. You hear coaches preach it all the time, but they're doing it. And tomorrow's really kind of a watershed moment for a lot of these seniors. And you got two groups of seniors. You've got the Nebraska guys that, are trying to, to to go Frank the Tank, and once it hits your lips, it, it tastes so good, the old beer. Uh, they're, they're trying to, to, to have that nectar of, of bowl eligibility. And then you have Michigan State, those seniors, with how much give a damn do they have left? How much do they have in their tank? And tomorrow's start is vital, absolutely vital for Nebraska football. We'll get to... Your comments in the stream, keep them coming. Hail Varsity YouTube channel or the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed. But if if Nebraska goes out and reenacts Northwestern, if Nebraska goes out reenacts the Purdue each half, that is the absolute shot of adrenaline, meth, uh, whip it, whatever, <laughs> whatever your poison is. <laughs> that's going to keep them hanging around. And if you put them down early, it could be a lot of fun if you're a Nebraska fan because you might be able to name your score, name your rushing total on the road. Colin chimes in. Colin's our Husker fan that spends a lot of time in South Bend. But he, because of vicinity, I think has checked in to come into the game. Maybe he's here. But tickets to tomorrow's game, Nebraska – be Michigan State are so cheap. They have fifth row seats in the end zone for $32. Elijah Herbal, are you listening? I'm two hours away from Lansing, but can't find anyone to go with me. <laughs> I'm sad. Colin, uh, 
Uh, sorry, brother. I feel like uh, it's appropriate to, to go you. to a football game by yourself. I don't know. Yeah, it's okay. You, you, you got people around you. Yeah. Right? You find some other red and you go uh, make friends. Cutter chimes in. Nebraska v. Michigan State's always been a great matchup. We'll get to more of that as already done with segment one. We're here at the graduate in East Lansing. We'll check in with Jacob Padilla, get his take on a big red weekend. Hail Varsity live here at the graduate in East Lansing. We're powered by Sauter Heyman and Lazaris. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale. thanks for hanging out. It's Hail Varsity Radio. We're here at the graduate in East Lansing, just an errant punt away from Spartan Stadium. We'll be there tomorrow morning for the weekend edition of Hail Varsity, seven to nine a.m. Central, and then Real Red Reaction follows. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark, Elijah Herbal is en route. Not sure if he's at a truck stop, a gas station, or we'll we'll have to find his whereabouts. I know Jacob Padilla is in the bowels of PBA as he's done an amazing job with Nebraska Preps and, of course, heard at sports covering state volleyball. He'll have his eye on Husker volleyball and has a take or two on some state playoff and Nebraska football. Jacob, do we have you, my friend? Yes, I am here. Okay, are, am I, are we taking you away in the middle of a match? Explain how you were able actually, to sneak away from press row. Actually, shout out to Clarkson Lee, who closed, who completed their sweep uh, about 60 seconds before um, you controlled. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was, I was able to uh, get, the, get the last point there, and I am tweeting it out right now as I'm talking to you. That is fantastic. Jacob Padilla with us at Jacob Padilla underscore. So as we're headed into championship Saturday, give us a take on what you've seen so far through the semis with state. What, what stuck out with state volleyball before we get to some Husker football? Yeah, I think the, the, the biggest story is definitely um, the Cotillion Vista South losing in the first round to Cotillion Vista. Um, the copy of South has been a top 10 team nationally. This year, um, they had been undefeated until losing to Papillion La Vista um, late in the season uh, at Metro Tournament. But Papier uh, South wasn't healthy for that game. Charlie Solomon, who is both a hitter and a setter for them, uh, she was out for that one. They, they were at full strength uh, on Wednesday night, and Papier just outplayed them. Um, they, they've got some really talented players. Mia Tiberti is the middle blocker committed to Oregon. Face train, their libero, who transferred from Gretna. She, uh, she, she was phenomenal in that match. I mean, she literally left it all out there. She cramped up midpoint on the last rally. Um, so it was a really good thing that Severity was able to, to terminate and close out the match because I don't think she would have been able to, to, to close that thing out. So, I mean, to, to lose uh, Happy South on the first day of the tournament, um, that, that, that was a huge upset. Papio is the eighth seed because of a slow start to the season, but they're really talented. So to get that matchup in, in round one, um, that was not an easy draw for the Titans, and the, the Monarchs uh, pulled it out. Jacob Badilla is with us. He's live at PBA State Volleyball going on as uh, he's got coverage all weekend. Jacob, let's go to Nebraska-Michigan State. And... 
the topic of discussion was, you know, this Nebraska team 2023, how they're different than, than past Nebraska teams. They're also similar with some mistakes. What's your gut tell you about tomorrow? How are you feeling heading in to this matchup? Nebraska is the slightest of favorites. Three points, says the friends in the desert. Yeah, I mean, feel. I guess I feel somewhat better uh, after last week. Uh, they, they were able to find a way to, to score some points. Um, as we've talked about previously, that's, that's, that's always going to be the, the question mark. Uh, with this team the, the rest of the season. And um, we're starting to see that defense, uh, at least against the, the lower uh, kind of the uh, less talented teams, I, I guess you could say, that Nebraska's going to face, they're starting to find a way to actually get turnovers and get points. It's no longer just a, a deal where they're kind of bending and not breaking. They're actually making plays. So the defense is getting better and better, and they, they found a way to, to get enough offense last week. So I, I guess I, I feel better uh, about Nebraska going into this game than I did last week, probably. I think we, we, uh, they might have found something there with, with Emmett uh, Johnson there. I, I thought he showed some, some nice flashes at running back. Um, the, the quarterback thing is always going to be kind of up and down. That's just what it is at this point. Um, Heinrich Harvard made some nice throws early in the game, and then obviously they had the few of the quarterback mistakes with the, the ball security and all that. But that's, that's kind of just baked in at this point, and you're going to have to find a way to uh, to, to work around that. Jacob Padilla is with us on Hale Varsity Radio, yeah. and going into this game, Jacob, do you think now that Nebraska's had success in back-to-back weeks with airing it out for a touchdown, do they open up the playbook through the air a little bit more this week, or do you think they'll be uh, still pretty conservative on that end? Nah, I, I don't think you'll see them dramatically change anything they're doing. Um, I mean, if you get into a rhythm, maybe you take a shot here or there. We've seen, uh, I mean, they, we got the lot in touchdown um, last week. So we, we've seen those kind of freshman wideouts start to get more involved. Um, you're likely seen that uh, a different guy make start to make play each week now. So heck, maybe this maybe this is the, the game where they get some they get a Jaden Doss free down the, the field and he goes and makes uh, a big play. Um, but I, I think yeah maybe it'll take a shot or two. I don't think you're going to see them necessarily open up the playbook that much um, because I just don't know that you'll have that kind of confidence. Um, that that it'll end well, but um, you're going to have to. I mean, a lot of it will depend too on how they're being defended. They're going to start with that run game, and if teams really do load the box and give you nowhere to run, then you're going to have to take some of those shots, and hopefully uh, they continue to improve in that uh, that area moving forward. Jacob, a, a thought with uh, the Michigan State crew. We were just talking about how if Nebraska gets off to a sound start, do you think on senior day, and it's a weird senior day to start November versus end November, but their final games at Ford Field against Penn State, do you think with all this team's been through, do you think Sparty could fold? And I, and I ask that respectfully because you don't ever want to call a bunch of dudes quitters, especially when you're sitting – you know, eight feet from a bunch of folks in green. <laughs> that said, I mean, you just got to know that 
when when it's DEFCON 2 and you're on an interim coach, there's a lot of things that don't go well in the season. And, you know, responding to adversity has been one of them. Yeah, um, and that's certainly something where you, you don't know how they're going to handle it. If if Nebraska does jump out, they maybe get, get a touchdown to open the, the game and then get a stop and uh, short field and get a touchdown that way or whatever, you, that, that might – might kind of might kind of send them spiraling uh, a little bit. So the situation where I mean we've seen Nebraska in that position last year, um, and uh, we know that it's not not a good place to be um, for, for these these guys that are um, putting in a, a very tough spot. Through I mean I guess no fault of their own there with kind of everything going on behind the scenes that led to the change. Um, I'm sure they have some strong feelings about the, the whole deal. So, yeah, I mean, it's a case where uh, I, I, I don't know that they'll ever, like, completely quit as, as a team, but um, it, it, it's tough to be mentally strong in that situation. If things continue to go wrong and you're like, what, what else What else can go against us here? It, it's hard to fight through that. So um, I know um, Matt Rule talked about, yeah, he, he doesn't really care about fast starts, but the game more fast start might uh, – might treat Nebraska really well. Jacob Adil is with us here on Hill Varsity Radio. A couple minutes left. And, Jacob, before we let you go, hoop starts up on Monday. Uh, a couple of thoughts of expectations for really both squads as they open up the regular season. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> health is the big thing for Nebraska right now. Um, you, it sounds like Kese Tomonaga managed to avoid – um, a serious injury there. I have no idea at this point um, if he'll play in that opener. Maybe that's probably pushing it a little too far in a game where you, you should, shouldn't should need him. Um, but I guess the early returns are better than what, obviously, uh, just knowing from seeing what happened to Lindsey Krause um, and then watching Jason Tomlinaga go down with that, that, that ankle injury. But, did not feel great about that. So I, I think the um, early early signs are good on that front. You have to see. Sounds like some of these other things they're dealing with are kind of minor. They should be. I don't know that they'll. I don't think they'll be rolling out six scholarship players in that opener. Um, so that that's the better place to, to be than where they were at the the uh, the exhibition there. So if they can get closer to the group that they envisioned um, going through the preseason, going through the off season. Um, they'll have a chance to, uh, I think, uh, put together a nice non-conference year, rack up some wins, get guys some confidence. Um, we'll see. I, I think maybe early on especially it would be good for Jamarcus Lawrence to kind of step in and be a guy and as they transition him into that point guard role. Um, I think he's a guy that in particular could really make use of um, th- these early season games uh, before they get into the, the tougher part of the schedule. Um, as for Creighton, I mean, they're – they're, they're really good right now. It's just about clicking and kind of fitting in the, the new pieces and figuring out, all right, which of these guys on the bench are going to be able to um, give them some production. That was a big problem last year. We got a few of those guys back with uh, another year of experience under their belt, a good offseason of training and development. Um, they added a few pieces as well uh, to that mix, hopefully add some firepower. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how it all kind of fits together. But, the team that's going in with very high expectations and 
will have a chance to um, live up to them for sure, I think. Jacob, 60 seconds, bud. Uh, are you feeling that Nebraska can stay unbeaten on the volleyball court? Big weekend. Yeah, uh, tonight is the big one. Obviously, at Penn State, um, they, they took care of business uh, in impressive fashion uh, in Omaha. Um, but it's a little different when you're going to Penn State and playing in that place. I know it's going to be crazy uh, in that arena. Penn State, they, they've kind of they've been up and down. They've been alternating wins and losses since that Nebraska match. Uh, they still have some a few supremely talented players, but maybe it hasn't clicked quite as much as it was early in the season recently. Um, but Nebraska is going to have to go out and, and execute at a high level. You can't can't afford to have any kind of letdown. We saw them struggle a little bit on the road early in the season, but we also saw them take care of business against Stanford. So if they get through tonight, then I think you're looking at uh, that Wisconsin match as the next real big uh, obstacle for them towards getting through the season unbeaten. Follow Jacob along at Jacob Badilla underscore is where you can check him out, read him with Hale Varsity, Hurt at Sports, volleyball, football, hoops. He does it all. Jacob, have a great weekend. Thanks for sneaking out for us. All right. Thanks for that, guys. Take care, bud. There he is, Jacob Badilla. We're here at The Graduate. And uh, big thanks to our friends, Slaughter, Heyman, and Lazaris for helping power this road trip. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hale Varsity Roadshow Friday. We're here in the graduate at East Lansing, and it's been a pretty fun uh, last couple of days here at East Lansing, gearing up for Nebraska and Michigan State. We're at Spartan Stadium tomorrow for the weekend edition, 7 to 9 a.m. Central. Real Red Reaction follows from Spartan Stadium right after Nebraska-Michigan State. We're here at The Graduate in East Lansing today. Big thanks to our friends at Reno's East for letting us uh, sneak in yesterday. Cornhead Lager powering Hale Varsity Radio. And our friends at Sauter Haven and Lazari's helping make this road trip happen. I wish I had some bling and I wish I had a slice of pizza right now. 489-1240, 489-1240 to get in. <laughs> or 800-825-5865. Hail Varsity YouTube channels where you can watch Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed. I have not given the Connor Clark Twitter handle. Yeah, I was going to say. Underscore, C underscore Clark underscore 27. It's where you follow Connor. There's two underscores. Underscore. I know. There's two of them. Two underscores. Two. Peace. Uh, at Schmidt underscore radio for my Twitter handle, Elijah Herbal's at Herbal Essence. We'll see where Elijah's at. Uh, at maybe five, we'll send him a text. Bill Dolman kicks off hour two. Then Michigan insider Greg Hansen reacts to all the things swirling really since Wednesday, where you have the coaches call with the commissioner. You have the ADs call Thursday with the commissioner. You had a visit to Ann Arbor by the Big Ten Commissioner, Tony Petiti. Now you have back and forth going on with Ryan Day uh, and his family at a PI firm. If you look at the On3 story by Andrew Graham, that they illegally obtained information. Look at Greg Henson's take on all of it. Tim Brando was just magic 
yesterday. Tim with Fox, of course, longtime excellent broadcaster doing the game with Spencer Tillman tomorrow on FS1. So Mr. Brando joined us yesterday. His thoughts on Michigan, his thoughts on Nebraska, and all of that's posted up on YouTube or the podcast page, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play under Hale Varsity Radio. More comments as we try to get Cutter's comment in before the end of segment one. Nebraska-Michigan State's always been a great matchup. I think it will be a close game for a while, but Nebraska pulls away and wins. Favorite memory from this series, beating Kirk Cousins in Lincoln. Nebraska just dialed up and destroyed a really talented Sparty team. I think it was 20-3 or 23-3, Levante David. What happened after that is what is burned into my memory. The last time Nebraska was ranked in the top 10, uh, Northwestern came in and upset Nebraska following that Michigan State game. There's been some really good teams, and you see it every weekend where teams just don't lock in and show up being the same team each week. And coaches have said it. Great players have said it. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. And right now, Nebraska hasn't taken a step back. They've not always been perfect or clean or reliable on offense. But I think as a whole, Connor, you're seeing this team get better and that is what separates them from a lot of these other teams. Not only are they you're physically seeing them get better on the field, but it's resulting at the end of the ball game with a win on the scoreboard. So you're getting two things. You're getting on-field performance, and then you're getting the result. And, uh, you know, it, it'll be key to see if Nebraska can come in focused. I'm anxious about the quarterback spot, and I'm not calling for a, a bullpen move. But I'm saying if you have turnover struggles, that's why Sims has not seen the field, all right? Health or no health, Sims was a liability. And I'm not saying Harburg's there because he's made some big plays and he's a good quarterback uh, when it comes to doing what Nebraska does. And that's adapting to what his strength is, and that's running the football and getting some play action downfield with his arm strength. But if Chubba Purdy is called upon tomorrow either because Harburg struggles or, God forbid, you just got to go to another quarterback. Rules said Nebraska can win with all three of their quarterbacks, and you just wonder if if the offense is sputtering. Are you too late in the year to make a change based on performance? I say no just because of the, this, the consistency and the fundamental part of taking care of the footballs the, the one thing holding this team back. You got a defense that'll keep teams to 10 or below. You would think. Or at worst, teens is the number with what's left on the schedule. And I'm thinking Wisconsin. Can the offense just go do their job? Go do their job, take care of the football, hold on to the ball, score points. Special teams has gotten better. Offense has gotten better with uh, a newer look offensive line and Emma Johnson running the football, really strong step forward last Saturday. Now uh, you need your quarterback to, to put it together, making plays in the passing game with his legs and also taking care of the football. I think after this game, no matter what the result is, for me it's probably too late because you mentioned that you have a defense that will give up 10 
And this offense has proved maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. And this offense has proved that it can score more than what the defense allows, and that's what they've done the past five out of the six games that they've won, right? And that's an, another thing that I want to point out too is you know you you look at schedules that are remaining, and you have Nebraska, and maybe everybody else around the Big Ten is like, okay, it's Nebraska. Their offense has been struggling. Y- yeah, you know they've been winning games. They won five out of six. I mean, this this team is, dare I say it, hot. I mean, they've been winning games. I know it hasn't been the prettiest thing ever, but Just, they've, they've they've been they've been winning despite versus because of. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had this conversation in the post game show last week. It's the conversation of pretty wins versus ugly losses, and I'd much rather be sitting here talking about ugly losses than pretty wins because we've been talking about pretty but, wins for the past three seasons now. So I'm I'm more than okay with the ugly wins and I think I mean obviously if Harbor goes out and wins this game uh, there's obviously no need to change I'm not I don't, saying I don't you, think there I'm is not a saying need to change. change it you you don't you don't mess with it right. just to mess with it but you can't have Illinois fourth quarter repeat on the road mm-hmm. not with this group you can't have you, you can't have five fumbles again no period can't do it you I mean it's impossible in a lot of instances to win our friends at Triple B uh, have a T-shirt. Uh, ugly wins count. They do. They do. <laughs> I think I I think I got that right with the T-shirt I saw. But uh, you have a, a few Nebraska fans, a few Hale Varsity radio listeners have straggled into the graduate here in East Lansing. So that's cool to see uh, folks who check out the show and the podcast. Uh, Dion believes, check it, Walter believes that Elijah's at the Golden Corral having margaritas. I the would not put Nebraska that past <laughs> Chris says, go bug eaters. And uh, we'll take some of your predictions here in the second half. Hell Varsity Radio Roadshow. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. And this roadshow helped put on by your friends at Sauter Heyman and Lazari's. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this first hour, it's Hale Varsity. We're on the road here at the Graduate in East Lansing. We'll be back at the Graduate in Lincoln inside the single barrel. Excited for that for Nebraska, Maryland. We'll get the streaming debate all fired up and sharpened for next week don't forget real red reaction following nebraska michigan state tomorrow kfor kfor now.com locally as you can tune into that live from spartan stadium we're powered by cornhead lager chris schmidt and connor clark elijah herbal whereabouts unknown and you pull it a little d-day from animal house as he's roadieing up here to be part of the festivities he might even be able to buy a block of seats, it sounds like, in the south end zone. Reminder reminder to get buckled up. One of every three fatal crashes in Nebraska involves an alcohol-impaired driver. Why take chances if you drink? Don't drive. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. But, yeah, we'll get the roll call going. Give me your prediction here on the stream, and uh, we'll shout your name out and shout the score prediction. Clausburn in the Friday forecast 
less than an hour away. We have a bevy of games to get through. Bakerman Jr. says salute everyone. Thank you, Bakerman Jr. for checking in. Chris says Nebraska 27, Bug Eaters 27-13. Uh, we'll get more on this Michigan scandal from a Michigan insider. What's his take on uh, the latest? Thank you so much. Cheers to you, Connor. Wait. It is there 5 o'clock Central, or almost 5 o'clock Central, and uh, it is almost 6 o'clock Eastern. It is post-time, as Sinatra said, and it is time for a drinky drink. So uh, we'll have that during the break. Not all of it, promise. Uh, <laughs> Brett emails in Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Don't jinx this team. They aren't hot. Sorry. They're playing JV teams. But they're awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. They they've been winning they've been winning games. They haven't gone uh-huh. to a bowl since twenty sixteen. Well, think you know, I told you about that 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 furrowed brow, the dented forehead of worry. Where you know the the eyebrows and the wrinkles on the forehead, the concern, that's the uh, the getup every Spartan fan was wearing at the coaches' show last night, because they've seen teams. Thank you so much. They've seen their team lead at Iowa. They've seen their team up double digits at Rutgers, and they've also seen their team. Uh, play probably three playoff teams, Washington, Michigan, Ohio State. Yeah. So Nebraska is going to roll in. Kent emails in. Love hearing from Kent. Mr. Kurtzer says 23-13, good guys. We will have our prediction in less than an hour. The pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, NBC Sports. He is going to join us to kick off hour two. Greg Henson, Michigan Insider. The latest on Michigan, Harbaugh. Uh, private eyes, the NCAA, all that good stuff. Hour two commences here at the Graduate East Lansing. Big thanks to our friends at Sauter Heyman and your friends at Lazari's for help making this uh, third and final road trip. Assuming there's not Indy involved on the table, we'll talk to you next hour. Hail Varsity continues. We got 30 oh. seconds. We still have 30 seconds. You can, you I saw <laughs> 50. Uh, are you sure? Because my clock says 58. Well, it is now, but we we, we, we still got the bet out. So we're chilling. We're good. We got 10 seconds now. Count it down with me, Bill Burr. Five. Nine. <laughs> four. Three minutes left. All right. Next hour on the way. He's the pride of Fairbury, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor. I had a 6 ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating. Now with Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio on the road here at East Lansing. More and more folks streaming in. A few more red here at the East Lansing Graduate. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. 
the professor, Bill Dolman, still hard at work, taking some time out for us. Connor Clark in. Elijah, whereabouts unknown, like Daniel <laughs> D. Day. Uh, we shall see uh, Elijah tomorrow. It's uh, part of the uh, pregame show, weekend edition at 7 a.m. live from Spartan Stadium. Billy D., it's been a while. I haven't talked to you since, well, last night in the old Average Joe podcast. How are we? Well, and, and since you went on the lamb, but uh, you're right. I'm a little worried about the the whereabouts of, of Elijah. You know, the, the the optimism of youth to leave like 24 hours to make a 20-hour drive to go to a football game for three oh, hours. I got to call timeout. I got to call timeout. I can't hear or there he is. He's buffering. Bill, blink twice if you can hear me. I can hear you. Or am I the one that's frozen? Okay. You're frozen for me. Um, am I frozen or are you frozen on the video? Schmitty is for me. Cotter, chime in here. Help me out. Look at that. A bunch of Husker fans are waving at me. It's like I'm an animal in the zoo. It's wonderful. <laughs> they got their big red cowboy hats on. I love it. That's pretty cool. I, you know, I've been listening to the Cotter, give me. No, yeah, Schmitty, Schmitty, you're you're buffering big time. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Bill, continue. You, know, you you can. Uh, I'm I'm impressed. I've been listening that the, the amount of people that have been making their way to Michigan State, and I've been on some of these road trips with uh, Schmitty. You know, there's Husker fans there, but it's it's kind of like they're going out of. Um, uh, I don't want to say routine, but it's like, well, we got to go, and, and we'll, we'll go to Minnesota, we'll go to this game or that game. I'm getting the sense that these people that are going to Michigan State are actually going with a lot more enthusiasm than Husker fans have had in the past. I mean, they want to be there. They want to, they want to be there for that sixth win. They want to be there to figure out if it's Detroit or Phoenix or Orlando or Nashville or Las Vegas. And if Nebraska has a chance to go to Vegas, people are going to leave East Lansing and make their way to Las Vegas Sunday. <laughs> well, I am making big thanks to the Nebraska fans who shoot the internet. God love them. They walked by. It's, they're all bundled up. They've got their red cowboy hats on like John Cook. It's pretty <laughs> cool uh, to see a, a little bit of red amidst the green. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back connected so we were talking about, you know, this Nebraska team being different than past teams. They've overcome some demons because of that incredible defense they have. As you look at tomorrow, you know, what are you uh, excited about if, if you're a Nebraska fan? And are you able to, to truly go in excited or is there still some of that caution? You know, I, I think that Nebraska has built confidence uh, maybe from that defensive stop at, at Illinois, that the Sunday practice was a gamble that uh, Matt Rule was willing to take with his team on a short week. And I think we talked about it here and on the Average Joe Sports Show uh, podcast that that may be one of the benchmark moments of Matt Tenure's tenure uh, uh, at Nebraska. Uh, Matt Rule's tenure at Nebraska, that he was willing to take that chance and his team responded, and then they, they're able to get a win on the road. And the confidence of that football team really ever since then has been on the rise, and it really hasn't waned all that much. And especially with the defense, they know they can rely on that. Special teams have gotten better. Offense has been serviceable. So they've won on the road already in the Big Ten. 
and now they're back and they're going in as a favorite at Michigan State and they know they have a team that's wounded but it's a team that uh, might be you know somewhat reminiscent of where they were a year ago speaking of Nebraska but they still played hard down the stretch but I, I just think that the confidence with this Nebraska football team as fragile as we may have thought that it was at, at times I think that it's reached a as it ascends it's reached a plateau that it's not going to go back down. It's going to be here and then continue to, to, to climb all the way, you know, through the, uh, the final game of the regular season against Iowa, which is a home game. And they might be peaking in confidence at that point, but it's, it's, it's that, that whole Michigan post Michigan, uh, I, uh, Illinois deal that I, I think really has, you know, galvanized this football team that it actually is pretty good and that it can be very good tomorrow uh, on the road. Bill Dolman is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And besides turning the ball over less, what do you need to see from the offense tomorrow? That's really it. You know, uh, I, I think as long as they can can get a little bit of momentum with sustained drives, you know, that that drive they had after they fumbled the ball in the punt and Chris, Quentin Newsom uh, recovered it, that was, what, an eight-minute drive that they went on, 87 yards, uh, and they capped it off. They held on to the ball. They, you know, methodically went down the field and and put points on the board. I think that the threat of going deep downfield has probably, I don't want to say been established, but at least it's in the minds that they've got some speedy guys on the outside. And if you can't, if they get past you, you're not going to catch them. And the only thing they can hope for is that Harburg's off target. So I, I think Nebraska has to, you know, throw a couple of deep balls and have some success on at least one of them uh, to open things up. And I think, uh, you know, Schmitty put the number at rushing, uh, what was it, last week or uh, at 250. I think if Nebraska can run for over 200 and not turn the ball over, I think that's that's going to be a win. Bill, want to touch on this, and Jeff chimes in, and we were talking about this around the, the 40 segment, hour one, with the quarterback situation. And I'm not saying you, you yank Harburg just to yank him, but but he got pulled last week because the guy was bleeding out of his mouth. He took a monster hit. Sims came in, disaster ensued. And I don't want Jeff to be painted as a guy that's against a, a Harburg. I, I think he's done some nice things. Now, my question is this. If he still struggles taking care of the football, and you know Pretty is a, a, a guy that can throw it, but he's also been recruited as a dual-threat guy. He's got some speed. He doesn't have the, the giddy-up or the, the finish that, that Harburg does, just different body type. But that's got to that's be on the table, too. I mean, yes, you're trying to go 1-0 each week, but you're also, because you've found a way to win three in a row, and yes, a lot of that's because of Harburg going 5-1, and one, you got to do what's best to spark your offense. And if for whatever reason he can't take care of the football or he's skittish with fumbles or interceptions, do you think uh, you could see a bullpen call? Well, I, I, I kind of take issue with what Jeff is saying here. I don't think the, the media beats up Heinrich Harburg. Uh, I, I think that, you know, he has gained a lot of favor and a lot of respect by anybody who's watched this team over the last six games. I think people fear Heinrich Harburg getting beat up, you know, and, and you go back two years ago 
And that's where uh, Adrian Martinez got his jaw broke. And then you see the, you know, the, still the beating. Yeah, and then still played. And then you you see that, you know, Heinrich Harburg isn't exactly taking a Shadur Sanders-like beating each and every week. Um, but he got rocked. And and I guess maybe if there's if there's a knock on the kid is that maybe he's a little too confident in his toughness. And and I and I, I don't mean that in a bad way, that he is a little fearless when he goes in. He's not afraid to take a shot. He's not afraid to uh, to you know dive forward instead of sliding on his backside, but you know that can that can get you hurt. And when you see that he went out of the game uh, last week, not because of he didn't play well, it was because he was bleeding and didn't know where the guy came from. Right? He said, I, "For all I know, the guy hit me from the sidelines." So I think that's the the fear with Harburg is that he's a little too fearless and. He's got to protect himself a little bit better, and he's got to be protected a little bit better because he he cannot continue to 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 get hit like <laughs> like Shador Sanders. And I don't think Matt Rule's going to let that happen. Uh, I mean, what happened last week at UCLA with Colorado was quite frankly, you know, pretty embarrassing. I thought the way you know they handled him and and just that just wasn't fair to the kid. Uh, and I don't think Nebraska is going to do that. But Heinrich. He he's not afraid, and that's good. That could put himself in harm's way to where you got to think. Well, is it going to be Sims or Purdy? I don't think people are thinking about backup quarterbacks because he's been ineffective. He's not the best quarterback Nebraska's ever had, but he's certainly, you know, not somebody that's going to lose you games. Obviously, he's five and one. If if he doesn't take better care of the football, do you look at another option? That's my thing is between the last two weeks with interceptions and fumbles, Illinois wasn't all on him. All right, that that wasn't a Harburg issue. But he had a tough start against Northwestern. And I'm just asking the question. And Michigan. He threw an interception against Michigan. You know, that happens. Um, Yeah. But the fumbles, fumbles, though, have have been between interceptions and turnover and fumbles the last two weeks. You got to – you got to – it can't be you as a quarterback as much as you handle the ball running it tomorrow. You just can't have it. You can't give this team a breath of life no. in Michigan State on senior day, Bill. No, I, look, I, I agree with that. And, and, and maybe that's something that they, they've, they've, they've coached to him over the last couple of weeks, and maybe that shot to the face was a wake-up call. You know, the shot to the face was the slap in the face to say, you know, look, <laughs> you got to protect yourself a little bit better. And if, if you got to go down and gain, uh, and gain seven instead of nine, we can live with that. But at this point, he has established himself as Nebraska's best quarterback. He's a confident kid. He's tough. He's Nebraska tough. Um, I think everybody's proud of the way he's accorded himself. But <laughs> look, dude, you, you, you got to slide. And, and, I, and I know we love that toughness in quarterbacks. We saw Scott Frost run over uh, an Iowa defensive back. We saw Eric Crouch run over Iowa DBs. You know, those are trademarks of Nebraska quarterback toughness. Um, but, you know, Heinrich, for, for his own good and Nebraska's own good, might need to, you know, be, uh, be a little more cautious than heroic. Well, with that being said, and I kind of asked Jacob earlier in the show the exact opposite question. Do you think they dial back the QB option? 
No, because I think that's I think that's part of the game. Now he pitched your offense. Ball, he pitched the ball more he did. the last game than I think he's than the entire season. And that's probably something else they're working on and saying, look, uh nobody has to steal our signs. Everybody knows you're not gonna pitch it. <laughs> yeah. Right? We don't we don't need, you know, Michigan can save the plane ticket and the batteries in the in the in the camcorder. All right. They know you're not gonna pitch. So last week against Purdue, he actually pitched the ball a, a, a lot more. And that certainly opens up the option game. But look, they're not going to pass. They're not going to give up on the option game to throw the ball 34 times. They're well, still right, going to yeah. 14 to 15 times per game. And they're still going to utilize the option. And if he makes the option much more of a – you know, a danger that he might run or he might pitch it, then then the, then it's going to be a, a a fairly effective game plan. Bill, to close out, partner, I need and Bill Dolman with us, Hale Varsity Radio on the road here, East Lansing. A thought on these accusations about now Ryan Day's family involved with <laughs> espionage themselves when it comes to private eyes. I don't know if it's Mike Hammer or. Uh, <laughs> Poor Magnum P.I., but... Hey, hey, do you remember when Ferris Bueller went to pick up Sloan at school? Yeah. That's what I keep... Th- I just, that just keeps coming to my mind, you know. Sloan, come along now. <laughs> you have a kiss for daddy? Uh, yeah, that's what type of family they are. <laughs> I mean, that's what I keep picturing Connor Stallions as, you know, as showing up with, uh, you know, with the overcoat. The overcoat. The, the Phil Jackson the overcoat. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we joked about this a couple of weeks ago that... Uh, Diane Ray was going to be the one behind all this. And <laughs> we were ahead in the script. I mean, here it is. We said, I said, you know, we're probably going to find out that somebody from Ohio State's involved and it's somebody named Diane Ray. And lo and mm. behold, it's, it goes to New Hampshire now because that's where yeah. we're from. And, uh, you know, so Michigan is doing this counterintelligence um, uh, plan. <laughs> To find out what I mean, I cannot wait for that regular season finale. I hope they play six quarters. I mean, just they let might. the game go on until they eliminate themselves. Well, that's been the uh, the on three story by Andrew Graham is pretty crazy. Elijah chimes in. I'm almost to Gary, Indiana. Wish me luck, guys. Yeah, good luck. Uh, stop Gary. by the Jackson. <laughs> yeah, stop by the Jackson Five Museum quickly. Yes, very. <laughs> before, before, before Joe beats that ass, uh, <laughs> get, in, get out, right? Yeah, yeah. No, this uh, Ohio Bill, State, it, Michigan thing is just—it's—it is so made for TV. Oh my gosh, what a story! Give me a prediction, Dolman. We have been taking a few uh, suggestions. We'll get to more of them as the show rolls forward. What do you say happens in East Lansing tomorrow, Nebraska or Michigan State? Well, look, if, if Nebraska gets a couple of scores early, it's game over. Michigan State is not going to come back. If they use the, the true freshman quarterback, Levitt, they're going to blow his red shirt. He's thrown the ball 14. He's 14 of 21, but not faced a defense like the one he'll face tomorrow. If Nebraska takes an early lead, two scores, game over, it'll be somewhere between 38 to 10 and 380 to 10. So Dolman says the Husker cover, 38 or something like that. Bill, we'll check in tomorrow with you, bud. Appreciate you much. Okay, go Big Red. There he is. More on Michigan, Ohio State. 
Wolverine insider Greg Henson on the way. Hail Varsity continues. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Hanging out here in the graduate, it's Hail Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday. Don't forget uh, the weekend edition tomorrow morning from Spartan Stadium is happening not, 7 to 9 a.m. Central. Real Red Reaction follows uh, at about 2.30 or so as soon as the game is done. It was really awesome, man. A lot of Husker fans in red. They were bundled up and they had their Husker cowboy hats on as they waved at us. They were off to probably get a cocktail. Uh, you might need one. Uh, Going to be another Michigan State-Nebraska ball game tomorrow. We'll have our score predictions, the Friday forecast with Clausburn. He's imaginary and he wears red. Coming up here in about 15 minutes, we welcome in Michigan Insider, and we <laughs> love talking with Greg Henson as he joins us. And, Greg, it's been a week. Thank you, my friend, for – uh, living up to all the stories you've told me about the great state of Michigan. My first time really here outside of Detroit, and I just love uh, Grand Rapids. I think East Lansing's pretty cool, and this is a good state, man. Uh, I know you've spent time in Nebraska and in different parts of the country, but uh, your, your native state's pretty killer, man. Thanks for joining us tonight. No problem, man. I'll tell you um... – Besides the nice people here, just like Nebraska, they have a lot in common. I mean, they, they both are really nice states. I mean, it's a little more green here than Nebraska because they get more rain, but very similar. I mean, you're seeing the change of colors out here right now, and it can be spectacular at times. Um, but, yeah, it's a great time of year if you're from Michigan. Two months from now, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep with that green theme, green with en- envy. Mm. Uh, is this whole Michigan saga going to turn out to be a, a hit job by Ohio State? Greg, what do you believe about Harbaugh, Michigan, Stallion, at Ohio State? Connect the dots for my listeners from a Michigan point of view. What do you believe, man? You've been covering college football forever. It's, it's, a, it's largely a tempest in a teapot. Look. One of Michigan's coaches did go rogue. That's obvious. He'll be fired. Um, but I can tell you, I've known Jim Harbaugh. I know people on his staff. I've, I mean, I've, I've talked to him multiple times. I know his family. The one thing Jim Harbaugh doesn't do is cheat. He's a man of very high integrity. And at every point in his career, all the way back to when he played at Michigan, anyone who knows him will tell you that. He's not infallible. He's not perfect. And he's not God. But I can promise you he didn't send and pay for Connor Stallions to hire people to sit in the crowd and watch, which means at the end of the day he's going to be responsible, whether it's a small suspension or no suspension at all. But I think putting together the dots, talking to people, it looks like Michigan's going to get a slap on the wrist. They're going to wag their finger at Michigan, fine them, maybe suspend Harbaugh another game. I don't know. Um, And then they're going to go clarify that stupid bylaw that made this possible. Because from my perspective – Connor Stallions is a genius. He found a loophole and he ran right through it because the bylaw is a gray area. And if you read it, you know what I mean, Chris. It says you can't send a staffer. Well, Michigan didn't, but they certainly might have sent on Connor Stallions uh, um, on watch somebody to go scout. You're not supposed to do that. So it really is a gut punch to the spirit of the bylaw. But in the end, I don't think they'll find any connection to Harbaugh or his coaches. 
uh, I think they legit thought Connor Stallions was studying film, watching games on TV, and stealing signs. I don't think they had any clue because there's a lot of misinformation out there. People say, well, Michigan had it budgeted. No, no, they didn't. Connor Stallions had a file on the Michigan server with a 600-page manifesto about how he wanted to be the next Michigan head coach to lead with analytics and scouting and that he was planning 15 years down the road. And it was on the file server at work, okay? Just like I have access to the work file server, I don't know what's going on at one of my sister radio stations in Nebraska. I mean, it's absurd. There was no budget of $15,000 to do this. All of this misinformation should really, should really, in the end, uh, give college football fans who read the National Journalist pause. Pete Thamel has shown his ass on this. He's been wrong every step of the way. I, I heard Brando <laughs> on your show yesterday, and he's right. This is absurd. The whole thing is just absurd. And if these guys, like, people say, well, Pete Thamel's reporting it. And my response is, the same Pete Thamel who said Harbaugh's not coming to Michigan or Pete Thamel who said that they've rescinded the contract offer, which they did not and will sign this coming week. I mean, Chris, you know, you can read through the lines. You know how this media operates. And these guys eat by getting clicks. You do, they're not paid salaries anymore. They need to write salacious articles to get people in, and Michigan is the gold standard when it comes to getting clicks because of Jim Harbaugh. Greg Henson's with us, Michigan insider, Hale Varsity here in East Lansing as we're getting ready for Nebraska and Michigan. Phil. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Man, uh, Greg, uh, a thought on the Big Ten athletic directors and the Big Ten coaches. Uh, well, you know, kind of get, getting in line the thing is, again. They all. Go ahead. No, the report, again, the reports say that everyone's up in arms. Uh, Petiti's not going to do anything. I don't think they I don't think they suspend Harbaugh, at least um, not any time in the near future. I, I, I just think they're going to write it out because the almighty dollar in Fox and the Big Ten championship game in the college football playoff, that's who you're answering to as commissioner, unless the presidents get involved, kind of what Brando was saying. Well, the presidents aren't getting involved. They're going to, I mean, at the very least, Harbaugh deserves due process. I mean, the, the fact that they want something done before they even know what happened, if anything, is ridiculous. But I think um, as far as the coaches go, they all have a reason to be upset. You want to you know who handled this the best? Your guy. Your guy handled this. He handled it like a man. He got up and said, we don't have any evidence of that. And he said, you know, people have been doing it, and it begs the question, why aren't we using helmet communication? He handled it like a grown man, and I respect that, and that's why you guys will win, because you have a grown man as a head coach, unlike the, the, the guy down in, in Columbus who, you know, I don't know if you've seen the latest, but they're, they're trying, they've apparently linked the private investigative firm that broke this to Ryan Day's brother. Did you see that story mm -hmm. in three? Yeah, yeah, we, we touched on it where you've got either Mike Hammer or uh, Magnum working the case here. Well, you know, interesting thing, there's no excuses anymore, and he's going to get trucked in Ann Arbor. And what's his excuse now? Last year they knew that Michigan had their signals. They changed everything and still got dog-walked by three touchdowns. So I, I think that the, the outrage is fairly pathetic. Um, 
given the fact that, as, as your coach said, everyone's trying to steal signals. Everyone is trying to do it. Um, and I think Michigan just found a guy who's brilliant. Harbaugh hires these rain men. Like, there's two or three on the staff that you probably couldn't get into any casino in the country because they have photographic memories and can count cards. You know, these, that's the type of guys he has as analysts on the staff. Um, so I think when you, when you see what he's done, I think that you'll, you'll see that everything technically is within the rules. I don't know if I like him, you know, violating the um, – I don't know if I like him violating the spirit of the bylaw, but they did it. And that's not a – you know, it's not a violation, unfortunately, and they're going to find that out. I heard Dan Wessel today from Yahoo, who's come down pretty hard on Michigan without much evidence, even say, look, if there were other people on staff that knew, they'd already be suspended. And, and, and if Michigan, if that was happening, they wouldn't be renewing Harbaugh. So I think Michigan knows it's largely nothing. The Big Ten knows it's largely nothing. They're letting these crybabies like Ryan Day and Michigan State have their say. I don't know why this new clown from Purdue would open his mouth knowing he's going to get a hundred hung on him tomorrow. Yeah, he uh, he went off uh, a little bit, Connor and and Greg Henson, our Michigan insider, with us. Looking at some of the comments right now in our stream, Greg, there's a number of of Nebraska fans that uh, are are questioning Harbaugh's knowledge or, or non-knowledge david chimes in i'm all for due process but don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining how do you respond to that greg just the the, the fact you know all us come out with with uh, a limited statement no knowledge at least his lawyer right no knowledge of what's going on i right. can see someone going rogue but i have a hard co- my take is college football coaches don't want to know everything they want plausible deniability in some well, instances I would ask your your guy on your stream. Sorry about the dog park. I would ask your guy on the stream what exactly he's talking about. Is he talking about the images on the sideline where he's talking with Connor Stallion? Every coach has a sign stealer on the sideline. That's not new. The only thing in question is, did Michigan pay for these people to go to other games? That's the only violation. It's not a violation to steal sideline signs live on the sideline. Like I've seen the videos too, and my point is, who cares? You're allowed to whisper in your head coach's ear if you've stolen a sign and say pressure right or the edge is coming. You can say that. That's not illegal. Everyone has a sign guy. Everyone, including Nebraska, I promise you, has a sign guy. So I guess I don't understand what does he mean about him not knowing. He knows Connor Stallion. Jim Harbaugh hired Connor Stallion. Of course he knows who he is. I'm saying I don't think he knows that Connor Stallion was sending people to other games. I just don't. I, it's, it doesn't pass the sniff test for me. And I think you'll see in the end that if he knew, he would be gone. I promise you that. If, an, if one of the coordinators knew and they could prove it, it would be gone. Read the article by Mike Rosenberg that exposes the fallacy of head coaches knowing everything that goes on in the program. I'll give you a story. Last week, you know Brian Kelly started his career right here in Grand Valley, right? It's a mile from my house. Yes. Yep. Yep. So last week, I went, to the, I went to the game. And I got a sideline pass. Do you think the head coach at Grand Valley knew I was standing there? Hell no. He had no clue who was on the sideline. They just handed me a pass because I worked at the radio station. Harbaugh, I've been on the sideline 100 times in Ann Arbor. I promise you the only guy who knew I was down there was the sports information director. Jim Harbaugh didn't know I was down there. Rich Rod didn't know I was down there. Uh, Lloyd Carr didn't know I was down there. 
it's impossible to know who's on your sideline. And, of course, I'm referring to the picture where Connor Staggins is on the sideline at Central Michigan. Uh, I mean, it's just it's laughable that people use narratives that really don't make any sense and aren't using their critical thinking. Because I know people are smarter than this. They just want to play the rivalry game. I mean, I'm telling you, I just talked to a guy whose kid plays at Notre Dame, and they're laughing. They're like, really? This is what, it, what they're fighting about in the Big Ten today? It's laughable. <laughs> Greg, give me a prediction tomorrow, Nebraska, Michigan State, before we say goodbye, about 30 seconds. Oh, Michigan State's hot garbage. I think we never ask to beat them by three touchdowns. That's a bad football team. The only thing, the X factor, and we don't know because he only played late in the game, is that new quarterback, Levitt. He seems to be like mm-hmm. a pretty darn good quarterback, but Michigan State's trash. They're garbage. You guys get bowl eligible tomorrow, probably by three touchdowns, 35-14 maybe. All right. We'll take it and run. Greg, thanks for your perspective. Appreciate your time. <laughs> All right, Schmitty. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time here from East Lansing, Hale Varsity Radio, Roadshow Friday, Cornhead Lager powering Hale Varsity, Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark. Many of you in the stream not uh, not on board with Greg Henson, uh, our Michigan insider. Uh, Greg is someone I've known for years. He was on with us during the Michigan week. This is his take on things. You can absolutely disagree with it. But when we uh, are worried about the uh, – the uh, what's the word I'm looking forward? Uh, the uh, credibility of the show. I, I bring on really interesting guests. I try to, and and Greg has his theory. Greg's been right. He was the guy who was the the Michigan guy on uh, on Harbaugh coming back to to college football from the NFL. So I, I want his opinion on this thing. And we'll see how things play out with the Big Ten. Listen, uh, there's many Nebraska fans that can't stand Michigan. There's many in the Big Ten that can't stand Michigan. Totally get it. They're they're arrogant, man. And they are the the big dog right now. How did they get there is the question. And we'll see what shakes out here from it. Uh, I I think you need to be able to know what everybody's doing, or at least have people in charge, Connor, that know what's going on, uh, on staff. You can't, as the CEO, i.e. head football coach, know at all times what everyone's doing. And it's creepy looking to know that you're 30 and three since your COVID season and you've owned Ohio State. Uh, Are you doing that because you're just that much better or is there a competitive advantage and it looks like there's a competitive advantage. And what lengths would Harbaugh go to? You have your opinion and your take on, on this thing. And uh, I welcome the comments. Uh, but I just wanted Greg's perspective because of where he's at in the situation. You've got, you've got the anti-Harbaugh side, the integrity, integrity of the game side, and then you also have uh, your your Michigan side. So I wanted Greg's take on that. And uh, he is always been about kind of moving that needle. Uh, and a lot of you didn't like the needle. <laughs> hey, it happens. It happens. No, it's good. No, Greg's good stuff. Appreciate him coming on. 
and uh, you can absolutely disagree with it, but thanks for checking that out. Uh, Aid Beef says, I like Jack Ebling better. <laughs> <laughs> As we had that on. Uh, Walter says, that was quite an interesting interview. Uh, and Chris says, look, Harbaugh knew he hired Stallion. Proper vetting is done when someone is onboarded. He came from a military academy with some U.S. with the same U.S. spies where they're trained. <laughs> Michigan should forfeit. Uh, well, Gray Woman says the guest had a platform to insult our intelligence. It made such an unconvincing case. I get a chuckle, and I choose to believe that's why you burned a whole segment with him. Well, good work, Gray Woman. Let's get into the um, <laughs> Friday forecast. What a transition into segments. Yeah, from from our dear friend and Michigan insider Greg Henson to Clausberg. He's imaginary and wears red. Claus, how we doing? Well, I'm doing okay. I'm not sure if we're worried about the credibility of the program that bringing me on right now is probably in the best <laughs> interest of it. <clears throat> but we'll do our best. I will tell you. I think we have some credibility. I've been working like a mad scientist this week in the in the laboratory, and I think I found a replacement for the little blue pill for the elderly folks in Nebraska that may need that little blue pill. It's called GB Rewind on YouTube. And ah, if you watch yes. that and have problems uh, making the flesh willing, why, well, you may be dead. <laughs> Oh, it's a good episode, Claus. Let's head on down to Bevo land as Kansas State at Texas. K-State's rolling. Texas is hurting, minus four. Connor, get us kicked off. I'm going to go with Texas here. I think they win by a touchdown. I picked this game uh, with a buddy earlier today, and I I think it's just going to be too much, Bevo. I'm going to go 37-30. Okay, you are going K- – okay. I'm going to go K-State outright. 31-28 win straight up. What do you think, Claus? Well, I'm, I'm with you, Christopher. Of course, uh, part of that is really because I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, teams that were dominant in the 1990s. Now, I'm not talking about K-State's ridiculous decade of dominance video they put out. I'm talking about John Smoltz, who I think if he sees Texas get one more win this week, he will die. So... <laughs> I'm going to take K-State 27 and Texas 24. Well, it is all sorts of pressure right now at Clemson. Do they do they slip below 500? Irish minus three at Clemson. I think Clemson's too damaged right now. Notre Dame's good football. They're tough. They're physical. They have some offense. And Clemson's reeling. Give me the Irish outright 27-21. Connor. Uh, I agree. I think Notre Dame wins this game. Clemson is just kind of down in the dumps right now. Notre Dame has seemed to kind of find its stride a little bit. I'm going to go the Irish 24-14. Claus, what happens here, Notre Dame or Clemson? Well, you mentioned Clemson's having a pretty tough year, but really they've been kind of on the on the slide towards this since they lost that quarterback who resembled Jesus if he had an NIL deal with Pantene. Pro B, and now it's Notre Dame that's got a quarterback that looks like Jesus if he had an NIL deal with brawny paper towels or 
I guess since he shaved that beard off and left the mustache, maybe an NIL deal with those 1970s films that Christopher tells his wife he swears he doesn't watch. So <laughs> I'll take touchdown Jesus in this one, 28, and Clemson 17. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, wave goodbye to Bedlam. This is tough for OU. KU outright last week, on to Stillwater this week. I think Oklahoma rebounds, but, man, it's going to be tight. 31-30, Okie State gets the cover, OU gets the win. Connor. Yeah, I agree. I think this game's going to be tight. I think OU's going to play a little bit ticked off after Dylan Gabriel did not perform well last week. I've got Oklahoma 36 and Oklahoma State 33. Claus, real quick before the break, what do you like here, OU or Okie State? Well, Oklahoma's kind of reminded me of that one friend we all have that gets in a relationship with somebody that nobody in the group likes. And so they just abandon everybody else, no matter how great the friendships have been over the years. Talking, of course, about their dysfunctional relationship with Texas. So they'll go in for the final time with their good buddy, Okie State. And I think it's a close one, but Oklahoma rebounds 31 and Oklahoma State 27. What's our time look like, Connor? Well, we're leaving this segment in about 20 seconds. That means, Claus, can you hang on? (laughs) I suppose. There he is, Claus Byrne. We'll have Nebraska-Michigan State prediction. Hail Varsity Roadshow here in East Lansing. Big thanks to our friends at Sauter Heyman and Lazaris for helping power this roadshow. One final thought here. The forecast continues with Claus after this on Hail Varsity. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're here on the road in East Lansing at the Graduate Spartan Stadium tomorrow for the weekend edition of Hale Varsity. Real Red Reaction follows Count Cornhead Logger helping power Hale Varsity and Sauter Heyman and Lazarius helping make this road trip possible. Back to the forecast is we got some games to get through, fellas. As uh, Walter has reminded us that Gundy is 3-15 versus OU. San Hartman 0-4 versus Clemson. Claus, real quick here. Uh, let's get into Washington and USC. Washington minus 3. I think Washington wins by a touchdown, 35-28. Connor, what happens? Yeah, I agree. I think Washington also wins. I'm going to give them a 10-point edge. I go 31-21. USC has not looked good the past couple of weeks. Claus, what's up? What do you think here, uh, SC or Washington? Well, as I understand, Washington has a pretty good quarterback who's always kind of coming up in the Heisman discussion. And normally I'm the type of guy, as you know, Christopher, that likes to play it safe. And you'd maybe think that I'd expect the Trojans to cover and wrap up Penix, but in this one, I'm going to take Washington 35 and USC 24. All right, we got to skip LSU-Bama. I'll just say LSU outright, Connor. I, I think I think Bama's going to win, to be honest. Okay. And Claus, real quick, before Nebraska, what do you think here? Do you like Bama or LSU? Well, on the 20th anniversary of the release of the film Elf, I will say that Brian Kelly is going to be an angry elf. Bama covers. (laughs) (laughs) Nebraska, Michigan State, Connor, kick it off. I think Nebraska becomes bowl eligible for the first time since 2016 tomorrow. 
I got the Huskers 24 and Michigan State 7. You know, I'm going to stick with my score prediction from this morning. Part of it is my picking against Nebraska may be part of this good luck charm. So I'm going to do it again. I think Michigan State 20 to 17. Let's be wrong. Three out of four weekends. Claus, what do you think here? Nebraska or Sparty minus three big red? Well, as we enter the month of November, of course, this is the season to be thankful. And I think Nebraska fans ought to know how thankful we should be for Michigan State. Of course, Biggie Munn hired Bob Devaney to his first collegiate job. And in fact, he might not have come to Nebraska if it weren't for Michigan State's Duffy Doherty telling him he could probably win championships at Nebraska easier than he could at Wyoming. On the other side, Michigan State should also be thankful for their conference big brother, in Michigan for making them have the least embarrassing and stupid scandal in all of college football. So they should be pretty appreciative of that. By the way, where did Stallions get those spy glasses out of a box of Cocoa Puffs? <laughs> Anyhow, <clears throat> I'll take Nebraska in this one. I think they go bowl eligible 24 at Michigan State 10. Claus says two touchdowns. Nebraska with the win, 24 to 10. Claus, God love you, brother. You have a great weekend. Thanks. Okay. There he goes. Claus, Claus off into the night. He's imaginary. He wears red. It is Clausberg with the Friday forecast. Hey, Cotter, good stuff. Thanks so much. Uh, I believe Elijah has made it out of Gary, Indiana. Hopefully. And his arrival time is 11 Central. Check that. 11 Eastern, maybe 11 Central. I don't know. He's safe and sound, and he'll find his way to East Lansing. We'll be with you tomorrow morning, weekend edition, 7 to 9 a.m., the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Have a great Friday night. Thanks for tuning in to Hale Varsity.